Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Of 
For to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence
In doing all of this, I've also created the Genesis Statement, and that's available to experience where other people have interviewed me. And you can actually find that under my media tab. I know I've got my new website up, right, CompassionCodes.com. And if you go to my media tab, you're going to find it now under As the Guest. That's where you're going to find past shows where I've run the Genesis Clearing Statement. And then... Also, I've done four books, You, Me, Life, Dreams, and its companion workbook, as well as Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. And in addition, I'm also a collaborator on a book, as is today's guest. She's one of my co-collaborators on that book, Embraced by the Divine, The Emerging Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose. I've also created the True North Tour, and I might be coming up with a, a new tour name. We're going to have to see on this. I'm, I'm going to have to sit and weigh it out a little bit and see what's going on. But what that is is when I tour, it's multi-state nationwide. It includes workshops, retreats, book signings, and seminars, and all kinds of various events that are going on. And hopefully that's on its way out. <laughs> you have to understand when you're near the beach in Southern California, air conditioning is basically non-existent. So you, you just have to open the windows up and let the breezes come in. <laughs> so that's why we're getting a little extra noise here today. But not as noisy as broadcasting from Cafe Studio Starbucks, <laughs> which a couple of you have heard me do a time or two. So anyways, we're just going to work through that. But the uh, tours are really, really great because that gives you a chance to connect with me in person, do some really in-depth work, do some healing for the earth and the environment. And I'm going to have more of the event-type things and the tour-type things coming out in 2017. Been kind of on break as I've been bringing all of this work together because it's it's been a lot to bring together, and um, and it's amazing work, and I want to bring it out to you in its completeness or as complete as it can be at this point. So that's why I've been taking a little extra time to let it just kind of come up to its fullest state. Now, I really do greatly appreciate, by the way, all of those that continue to share the shows here, uh, because when you do, you're changing lives. And I can't even begin to tell you how many times I have people come back to me and go, you literally saved my life. I had somebody once come to me, and she said, you know, I was going to take my life tonight and after I listened to your show, and I can't even remember who was on or whether there was a guest on, she says, it completely changed my life, and I chose not to leave. And these are powerful things, and you don't know because you don't know where somebody's at. And so just by clicking that share button, it can make a huge, huge difference in somebody's life. And by the way, they can come into it using the same link that you used to get into our live show today and listen to it at their convenience in the archives. In addition, the shows are available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn.com, and through my YouTube channel. Um, I should be able to get the YouTube version up pretty quickly, hopefully this weekend, so you won't have to wait too long for that version this week. Now, before we get started on everything, those that have listened to the show before, know that I love to delve into a book called The 72 Names of God. It's by Yehuda Bird. And I really like the, the work that Yehuda does. Um, he brings things into our everyday language, so he takes some of the technical things, translates them over a little bit, where they become a little more tangible and a little more applicable to us. So what we have this week is the common name of God we've got this week is enough is never enough. 
yeah, enough is never enough. That's a big one, isn't it? And his initial message on this is we compromise in life. We settle for less. We sell out as soon as we experience some enjoyment. And we wind up selling ourselves short. This name is about seizing the whole enchilada. And he goes on to give some insight on this, and he says, two realities exist, darkness or light, and we can be in one or the other. But we tend to loiter in the gray areas. And when we do, we achieve a little light in our lives. We tend to excuse the little bit of darkness that we're still indulging. But we came here to have it all. The goal is to banish all darkness and bask in absolute light. Sure, we would like to believe that there are big thinkers, but in truth, we think small. It doesn't matter if there are billions of dollars in our bank accounts, or if we're running a Fortune 500 company, or running an entire country, for that matter. Thinking big means to seek it all. Permanent happiness, spiritual greatness, eternal joy, and our true soulmate, immortality, and peace on earth forevermore. And to let go of everything else that prevents us from reaching that promised plan. $50 billion pales in comparison to never-ending fulfillment and a joy-filled eternal existence. If we don't genuinely believe that these are attainable goals and our destiny, then we can't ever tell anyone that we know how to think big. Because the ego, the dark side of human nature, just suits us into thinking small. When we believe it, we will see it. So many little layers and components in that, isn't there? And how many of us are in that enough is never enough mode, right? Uh, you know, I, I have had that come to me, and I've, I've told other people about it in times where, you know, I say, I could give you all the money in the world to clear your debt, but that's not going to change your life. And it's not just the money piece. It's not just the money factor that that is based on, but it's the patterns that we're set in. It's the lessons that we're breaking through. It's the thoughts and the feelings that we're holding that can shift it, not just somebody having a thing. Although a lot of us are probably going, yeah, but you could still hand it to me, <laughs> right? Now, the meditation Yehuda goes on to give is, your eyes and heart remain focused on the end goal at all times. You awaken the persistence and passion to never, and that means never, ever settle for less. And I think this is so applicable with today's guest because she's really good at saying, don't settle. <laughs> don't settle. You're here to have it all. I want it all. We're going to get it all. And we have it all, you know, and, and this is going to be an illuminating show. You're going to love it today. Uh, that message, as well as some other things, by the way, you can find on my website as well, again, CompassionCodes.com, and that is going to be found under the media tab the code connection, and then insights and messages shared. So you'll be able to find it under there. See, I actually have the information this week. <laughs> How's that for being good today? A little insight before we head off on break here and just to get us thinking in the direction of our topic today. Have you ever developed 
a true divine alliance? And what does it mean for you to be in divine relationship? And in what ways do you keep this sacred connection alive? Now, so many people today talk about connecting with the divine presence. Yet so many I meet often don't provide daily time to, to what is such an essential part of our lives. Now, when I think of connection, it sometimes feels a little like an acquaintance than a true partnership. Of course, our acquaintances are important, and certainly a connection can be much deeper than that. However, for us to immerse further into divine experience, it requires more than a connection. To go into real immersion, it takes working proactively as a partnership, a team, and unity, and this leads into honoring the aspects of each, the divine, the earthly, the bridge, the thoughts, feeling, desire, the action, and the surrender to the process. Oftentimes, when I see those that are not getting what they want, there are a couple of common snags. And there is getting stuck in the dreamy thoughts and never, in, never acting on them. And then there are those that try to control the outcomes and refuse to release the attachments or control of how things will come to be. In other words, they refuse to surrender to divine flow. Now, if we are truly going to be in a divine alliance or real partnership, then we have to know that our partner is creating the best for us, best based on our choices. And we have to know that partner who can see and know what we are not seeing or knowing in our earthly spaces, guiding us towards greater unity and a stronger partnership. So no matter what the relationship we are in is, it cannot go anywhere without the team effort. While thoughts, feelings, desires can create many things, it takes action and follow-through to fully create in wholeness. It is this interaction that is the interaction of the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine energy. Only in this dance of each honoring the other's energy and vibration does a vibrational energy come into existence to create a form or result to happen. The feminine feels and desires masculine puts its action or puts that feeling and desire into action is what it does. And the result becomes a unified energy form. In divine alliance, we are creating a whole partnership with the divine, God, pure, and true source. Now, Lorraine Cohen is one person that is focusing on this divine alliance in her work and actively engages it with her higher realms healing work and other offerings that she provides. And most recently, she's really been putting an extra focus on this in the process of surrendering and releasing attachments. Now, the surrender piece is so important because this is like the birth of a child. If that child refuses to come out, life for the mother and the child will be very painful and all kinds of issues can arise. However, when the baby and the mother surrender to the process, new life is born. Oftentimes, it is our fears, worry, and anxiety that is keeping us from surrendering. And all of these coming back to trying to work on our own, controlling everything. Instead of engaging in the essential partnership of the divine, where our ego realizes that that peace allows us all that we are unable 
to see from our own perspective? Are you surrendering or controlling? And are you working in true partnership with the divine? Are you separating or unifying? A lot to think about, and it's a big thing. And this is going to be a fun show. I'm telling you, we're going to be full of energy. (laughs) And we're going to delve into some really, really cool stuff here. So you're going to want to stay tuned as we go through this. One more little thought, which is our code energy for the week. And again, this is also in my messages and insights section under code connection, under media on my website, compassioncodes.com. And we're going to just get this little tidbit in, then we're going to be headed to break and bringing our guest on today. Now, the code energy for this week is all about spreading your wings and learning to fly. And this is when we will begin to see openings and opportunities showing up that are a result of our past efforts. It is the sweet success that follows the period of trials and tribulations. And this is a time where you will get to see that you have truly learned your lessons. And those will be the areas that you have success in at this time. This is a pattern of lessons learned, a proverbial graduation, and a time of being acknowledged for what you have done. It is a period referred to as victory. And it is interesting that this coordinates with the waning moon right now. And that means that it is truly about receiving the action that has been taken, and now it is time to do that receive. So the key key to keeping this cycle going is to receive graciously and with gratitude. To be grateful for the smallest of things is to receive the bigger blessings. For it is in the small things that we find the seeds of what is bigger. Pretty cool stuff this week. I'm going to take a short break, and when we return, I will have Lorraine Cohen with me, and she's going to be talking with us about Divine Alliance. And the song that I have for you during our break today is called The Ten Commandments. It is by Claire Hedin, and Claire's just lovely. I, I just adore her. Um, Claire... You can connect with her work, by the way, um, through her website, www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And I've been very grateful that she's allowed me to use all of her songs week after week after week. Here we go, the Ten Commandments. We'll be back in just a few minutes with our guest, Lorraine Cohen. Do not run away. 
and power. A fierce advocate for her client's transformation, she helps them to restore their true power, inherit for it, and the highest nature to manifest their deepest fulfilling dreams and alignment with the divine. She is an international best-selling co-author for two anthologies, Unwavering Strength, Volume 2, and also Embraced by the Divine, The Emerging Women's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose, and an internationally published feature writer for Bella Mia Magazine. Her warm and engaging presentation style makes her a sought-after public speaker, media guest, and workshop leader engaging audiences worldwide. And you can find out more about Lorraine's work, by the way, on her website, which is www.lorrainecohen.com. That's L-O-R-R-A-I-N-E-C-O-H-E-N.com. And Lorraine, it is absolutely wonderful to have you back on the show because I should mention we had you on the show, but it was like three years ago, so it was a while ago. Well, thank you so much for inviting me back on the show with you. You know I love to hang out with you, Jesse. <laughs> we, yes. <laughs> it is we, always great. We hang we out a lot. Together. <laughs> <laughs> we, we hang out a lot. She's, she's right there at my side, a good portion of the day. <laughs> We're going to have fun. We're going to have yeah. a lot of fun today. I, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, in, and, you know, anybody who knows Lorraine knows that she's not only professional, but she's got this, this great energy that just kind of speaks some of the things that we speak. So, you know, sometimes she might have her badass team with her <laughs> talking in her ear at the same time that we're doing the show today. Um uh, she's pretty badass herself. <laughs> Thank you. You know, you can always tell I, when they're speaking through me when I start talking very fast, and sometimes my uh, the voice volume raises. So um, if that happens, that can be a sign that uh, we are not alone. Of course, we are never alone. <laughs> well, perfect. Lorraine, I, I would love for you to start off by sharing with people your journey because I've watched your work shift and change a bit over the years so um, that I've known you anyway. It's not that I've known you all your life, but I've known you a few years. And mm. I would love for our listeners to have some of that background of what brought you into the work you're doing and the transition maybe that has led you into some of your, your current work that you're doing, which is phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Uh, that's a great uh, question to start. Um, you know, I think that when I look back over my journey that I've always been on a journey of some kind, whether I identified or had any language for it, I feel that I came into this life with a certain amount of clarity and understanding that has only heightened as I have embraced this journey more actively. And for me, uh, always having a certain amount of intuition and uh, psychic abilities, what really seemed to catapult me into a more expanded part of my own journey was my mother's death in the early 1980s, 1981. And invariably when 
there is a trauma in one's life, like the loss of, uh, you know, a dear loved one, you start asking some different questions. Why did this happen? What is my purpose? And so her death, while it was so incredibly painful, was an incredible gift to me because it was an opportunity for me to wake up in a much greater way. So it's funny because when people say, how did you get from being an account executive on Fifth Avenue selling belts to doing the work that you're doing now? And I say, I don't know. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a plan. It was really just following this call that almost became like a hunger of um, that just was a craving to understand more. So at that time, I was living in New York, and I was also living around the corner from one of the most well-known metaphysical bookstores in New York. So I would just go downstairs in my building, and I would hang out there for hours reading and just devouring as much as I could get because at that time, the wealth of information that's available to people now was not there 30 years ago. But I know that I was led and I was guided. And so I've been following this journey within myself and finding myself working as an addictions counselor, being trained in hypnotherapy, becoming a psychotherapist, uh, for many, many years, the most incredible population to work with of the most in, incredibly courageous um, men and women who have been through some really, really hard times in their lives. And it broke my heart open and helped me to understand myself in a deeper level. And then it felt as if it was time to do uh, less intense work, and that became the next uh, phase of my work of going into coaching and the healing work that I do that I've, I've always done, but not quite the way that I'm doing now. So it's been an evolution of dismantling a lot of my own internal programs, my fears, my relationship with God that was good for a while and then it wasn't quite so good, um, and now I find myself doing the most incredible work with the higher realms healing of bringing forward um, what you've helped me to identify as a, an evolved version of quantum healing that is uh, really I'm channeling from the higher realms and watching the experiences that people are having uh, rapidly that's mind-blowing to me and it's just been an incredible, a very humbling experience of opening to my gifts, continuing to say yes, getting deep, getting raw, getting messy, and being surrounded by such beautiful people, so many blessings, um, almost losing my house, being diagnosed with um, a cancer four times, um, a lot of shit happening, and yet I have never felt more alive, more aligned with my work, and knowing that everything that has transpired has been in service to my healing, my growth, my evolution, that I have summoned and called all of this. None of this 
has been an experience of feeling victimized. And now I feel stronger than ever to be that beacon of helping others to awaken and realize how incredibly powerful we truly are, that we are not our circumstances, that we're not broken, we don't need to be fixed, we're not defective, and that we are here to transform the world. And it starts with our own internal transformation, and that's my work. So aren't you glad you asked me that question? (laughs) Of course I'm glad I asked you that question. (laughs) I never know what I'm going to (laughs) say. Well, and and there's so many great examples of what you shared, Lorraine, because there's so many times we start off on a path in life and we have no clue that we're going to go a whole different direction from that path. Um, and, and I think I've done that numerous times, walking down different paths, and all of a sudden I find myself someplace totally different. <laughs> and it's like, well, wait a second, what happened? <laughs> and, you know, you mentioned a really big piece there at the end, though, that, well, there, there's several big pieces, you know, that, that honoring of of a drive to just you know, this is what was there. There was this bookstore that was there and going in and going, okay, let's see what we can find. And like you said, there was not a lot of information out there 30 years ago because I remember going into the bookstores as well. And you knew when a new book came in, that's how little there was out there. You know, you yeah. you you could see it. It wasn't just featured someplace to make you see it. You could go to the shelf and spot it right away. Um, but you you got in a big piece there at the end that was about realizing that you called it all in. And, man, I have had some tough conversations online with people this week (laughs) about this was your choice. (laughs) You brought this in. And there's a lot of people that have not wanted to accept that. And... Yet when we we make that realization, I called this in. I called in these challenges. Even if they came through other people, I called them in. I called in these challenges I'm having in my life. That's huge. That's, That's a huge piece of acceptance. I have had this conversation many, many times. In fact, before I really made peace, with that understanding, I recall having several conversations with a close friend of mine um, in such resistance and explaining and defending why that was not possible because why on earth would I do something like that? And then I began to look at things differently. So when somebody says to me in response to my saying, you have called the situation to yourself, and they say, all the reasons why that can't be true, I come back and I say, and this is what I say to myself as well, each of us has come into this lifetime with specific purposes. We may not know exactly what they all are, and it's likely that we don't. If we understand that life 
is responding to our vibrations and really understand that, not just say the words, but really understand that. And we begin to own the fact that we truly are manifestors. My response is, if you're experiencing a difficulty, let's say, brilliant you who has come into this life with such a deep desire to master this that you have been relentless in your creative abilities to continue to bring this experience over and over and over again because you want to get it so bad that you are being incredibly thorough so that you can be not only serving your own purpose, but also being of great service to other people. When we start to put it in that perspective and realize that we, we're living in a vibrational universe, we're living in a, an energy universe, yes, yes, I know this, it's all great information, but what the heck does that mean? It means that we are summoning things to ourselves all the time. So rather than sit there and beat ourselves up and say, why on earth would I create the situation? A better answer is, what is the gift in this situation? What is this situation calling me to do or to be? When we start to look at it from a state of appreciation and also marvel at our capacity as manifestors, then we realize how much power we truly have. If we created it, we can create something else. So even as I mention some of the challenges that I've had, I don't have any regrets about any of them because they have taken me to such beautiful places inside of myself. They have broken open some doors that I probably wouldn't have gotten to. And I also believe that we bring forward the experiences that have the best chance of helping us to move towards the level of mastery that we are wanting. And for me, sometimes they have been through a lot of difficulty because I have not always embraced everything with grace. I needed a little bit of drama, maybe a two-by-four. I like to think I don't need those anymore. And when that happens, I say thank you and then look for the deeper gift. When you do that, you'll move through it with a lot more ease and grace. There's so many great pieces that you just brought in with this because we we do. Our ego wants to take over and say, I would never create this. <laughs> you know, I didn't deserve this. I didn't do anything. But there's so many pieces that, as you say, our soul is like, I want to give you something so great. And unfortunately, you haven't gotten it <laughs> in the other experiences. So now we have to get a little more drastic in things for you to get it. Yeah. And, yeah. and our ego keeps wanting to say, no, I didn't bring this in. Um, and And so I think some of these experiences are meant to get that ego out of the way in a sense maybe because when we're going through the hardships we're going to be humbled and that's going to move the ego out of the way and as you say when we get to that point of 
shifting our perception and going, man, what is the opportunity this is giving me to develop in myself as opposed to what horrible things I'm going through, um, we also move the ego out of the way. Yes. You know, I was having a conversation with one of my very dear friends one day, and I was feeling really exhausted. And the conversation was around something that I wasn't feeling very happy about, that I was experiencing some struggle. And she started laughing, and she said, well, congratulations on exhausting yourself enough so that now you'll get out of the way and you'll be able to do what needs to get done that couldn't happen any other way. I started laughing because I had kind of gotten that message a little earlier, and sometimes we we have to fight as much as we can so that we can let go. And if that's part of the process, so be it. There is a beauty to that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's all it's all good. And realizing that, I probably was exhausting myself so that I could, as I've heard you say, let God and let go. And and then it provided opportunities for some insights that likely couldn't get through because I wasn't open to hear. I was too busy trying to do something and make things go my way. It wasn't going that way. So when I finally said I give in and I surrendered it, that's when I feel the divine alliance could really step in. There is this wonderful poem. I've heard it under different names, and one of the names that I've heard the poem is called Broken Toys. And to just give you a snapshot, it's a poem about I went to God when I had something broken and I gave it to God because I thought he was my friend and I asked him to mend it. But I hung around and I tried to help with ways that were my own. And finally I snatched it back and I said to God, how could you be so slow? And God said, what could I do? You never did let go. So it's the poem is much better than the way that I said it. And I come back to that repeatedly is looking at in this process of surrender, which, as you said, that is tough for us. We think we're letting go, but we still have a little finger on it. we got a little foot on it. We haven't really let go because it feels scary or sometimes it feels dangerous, and the ego likes to know what's going to happen next. And then there are those moments when we have to take that leap of faith. We have to let go, and that's where we see the magic happening. We're learning how to do this. I, I so agree with it what you're saying here because it is in that surrender process that we get to that really cool big stuff. We think we know best, but that's our ego that thinks it knows best. (laughs) And we we don't oftentimes surrender that whole process. And it's interesting because we've had so many retrograde planets going on this year. And retrogrades are really great for helping put in our face what we haven't broken through, what we haven't um, 
completely let go or surrendered along the way. And I think that people believe that surrendering is giving up. And it has nothing to do with getting giving up. It just has to do with releasing the the competition and the conflict, so that everything can open up. Really, um, yeah. you also brought in a really big phrase that you you said, Lorraine, which is it's all good, right? And I know for me that was a big turning point when I realized, okay this isn't bad and this is good, it's all good. It's all getting me to this amazing space. And when I shifted my perception and let go of the judgment of good and bad and said it's all good, it's all working to my favor, it's all serving me, then that really made a big shift in things. And Mm. that really opened a lot of doors, as you said. You and I have many have had many conversations on this, and the phrase that you mentioned was that about breathing and then surrender and stand in that knowing, that expectation that everything is going to work out in my favor. I actually shifted it a little bit and, and shifted it to not that it's going to, because that's felt in the future, that everything is always working out in my favor. I really wanted to bring it into present tense. When I stand in that, even if I don't fully believe it from a, in my human self, in my inner knowing, there is truth. I call those relentless affirmations, the statements that we say that we know in our soul, in our heart, is anchored in absolute truth. And as I look back over my life during some of the most difficult times, and I'll bet as listeners, you could easily do the same, that there have been times when you have felt, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. It felt maybe insurmountable, and and you felt that it was bigger than you, or you were going through something that was an unknown, and you couldn't see yourself to the other side of it. And you're still here, and in moving through it, I'm sure that you are stronger, that it has served you in a variety of different ways that you may have some insights, maybe not all of the insights. Those, that history, those memories, they become irrefutable proof for those moments when we move into doubt because doubt is such a gift. Doubt invites us to come back to the truth. It invites us to question, if I'm doubting something, what is really the truth? And when we use those experiences of the past, which I call them triumphs, regardless of how they turned out, you have shown up to move through that. And any time that we walk through a circumstance, regardless of the outcome, to me is a success because there's been the willingness to do that. So when we reflect on the past and use it positively, it strengthens us and gives us the courage to take those next leaps of faith when we have no idea what's going to happen next. So I use uncertainty as a doorway to possibility rather than as a doorway to dread. And and that's the big thing, and you're bringing up those, again, those points that something may be uncertain, and 
our rational mind is trying to find explanations, it's trying to justify things, it's trying to do all these things, but when we sit back and we say, okay, I know that I am in divine alliance. I know that as a result of that, everything is working to my benefit. I can't see everything in this human form. I don't have access to everything in this human form to understand it all maybe in this moment, but I know this is what's happening, and and that breathing and that knowing makes such a huge difference. You know, when we just even recognize that piece that I know this is going to work in my favor, (laughs) I may not understand how, I may not understand all the details behind it or why this is the catalyst right now, but at some point I'll understand that and I will get to see these things. And it is huge. It is absolutely huge to opening up that alliance relationship. And by the way, I'll just mention everybody that's jumping in right now. You're listening to the Code Connection. We have Lorraine Cohen on, and she's sharing work about divine alliance and the power flow in that for us. You know, as you were talking, I was recalling um, a conversation that I had had with God. It It was during a period that was very much of a sabbatical. There was, it seemed to be very, very quiet. And um, I wasn't very active with clients. And I, I remember that it was a period of a lot of rest. I'm coming off of another one of those periods. And in meditation, <laughs> I remember Sarah saying to God, can I please just have a little glimpse? You know, you know, I would really like that. Can I just have a little glimpse because I'm feeling uncomfortable, and you don't have to show me the whole, you know, I'm negotiating. You don't have to show me the whole picture, but if you would just give me a little glimpse, it would make me feel better. And um, the word that popped into my head was no. And I said, (laughs) what do you mean no? And the words that came next was, we don't want to scare you. I started laughing when I heard that. We don't want to scare you. Um, And so I said, I said, just a peek, no. <laughs> You're going to have to wait. So, of course, my next question was, am I going to love it? <laughs> Still negotiating. <laughs> I ha- No response. <laughs> so when I received that message, it didn't scare me. It intrigued me. It really intrigued me. And... And as I have seen the things that have unfolded, I am reminded that there is a gentleness and a compassion and a love for information and insights to come in smaller pieces. While some people have said to me, I would just like to go to sleep and wake up in the morning and everything is all changed and I'm this and I'm that, and I said it would be a shock. It would be such a shock to your system to to wake up that way so there's there's um there's a wisdom in the way in which we are receiving and having experiences so that we can integrate them and we can experience them with as much grace and gentleness as we would allow and I'm grateful for that because 
I think that if I, no, I'm not going to say I think, if I had seen in advance in 1981 all of the things that might that might play out depending upon my decisions to where I am now and ask myself, would I have made the same choices to move in the direction? I hope that I would, and if I had seen it, I think it would have literally sent me running. I can really relate to this, and I, I think the big piece of it, you know, that you're you're really bringing out in this is that it's not about knowing what's going to happen. It's about knowing this connection. And, and I think that that's a huge, huge piece because when you know this connection, there is nothing to fear. There's nothing to doubt. There's nothing to this. But, yes, in a human form, it could be very, very overwhelming. I mean, I think back to my own experiences of working through winter, and, and I frequently go through these periods where I'm like, okay, just give me a clue of what my life is going to be like in six months from now. <laughs> and you know what? I get those pieces but I don't get any of the information as to how I get there. <laughs> right. And, you know, then I show up in the experience and it's like, oh, this is how I got here. <laughs> but it's funny because when I asked that piece a year ago, a year ago when I landed in Sioux Falls, and I would not get shown what was going on, and I was kind of like, uh-oh, does that mean I'm not going to be here <laughs> on mm. this earth? What does that mean? Because yeah. they were always giving you these pieces, but it, it was a similar thing to you in this aspect of, no, we're not going to tell you. And like you, by the time I got into it, it's like, I'm really glad I didn't know this <laughs> yeah. ahead of time because I would not have wanted to know this is what you're going to endure. You're going to endure minus 30 or minus 40 in a vehicle <laughs> in winter and blizzards and everything else. Um, but on the other hand, yeah, it's, it's amazing how those things come through and, and it really is that process of, okay, let's, Let's release into this. You're not supposed to be worrying about six months down the line. You're supposed to take care of right now. Right. Yes. Yes. And, tr and trust that everything is unfolding perfectly. You and I, in our continuing conversation, and this is a conversation I've also been having in my other circles, I feel that we are at a point in time where we are being shown how to move from all of these wonderful conversations where we can spew out great lines and wonderful wisdom and moving it now into embodiment, moving it back into living from that, not just talking about it. Talking is a starting point. I think that we are being shown how to really dance, how to really be in flow, how how to be flow in ways that we never have before. At least this is 
my feeling in my own journey that I, my soul knows this. My human self is having ahas. And as I experience the, the awareness from both aspects of, of myself, because as you mentioned, the divine feminine and the divine masculine, there is also um, the balance between the human and the soul self. So we've got like, you know, a few balances going on at the same time. And just being in that space of trusting that as I continue to lead from my spirit, not from my head, not from my ego, and continue to tap in and see where the energy is calling me and releasing my attachments to whatever picture or outcome I think that energy is bringing me towards, and that's a tricky area to let go of the outcome especially when we feel that we're following intuition, the mind automatically kicks into, oh, so what that means is this. And if it doesn't go that way, then we become, disappoint- we become disappointed because we get attached to that outcome or, and or we become distrustful of our intuition because it didn't go the way that we want. So the more that we come into divine alliance, we can let go of that worrying. We can let go of having to even attach to anything. This is practice, evolution, and it's experience of just knowing that if we can ride that mystery and approach it from almost like when we were children who were exploring and discovering the celebration of life, all the, you know, looking at life through innocent eyes and curious eyes, we're being called to go back to that. And the more that we can do that and stay in this place of wonder and curiosity, the more we open to our experiences from a space of deliciousness, of juiciness, of delight. Let me just say, I'm not 100% there, but this is part of my shift that I'm in right now. And I also remind myself, there's a lot of information coming through, which is why I'm talking very fast. There are those moments when I come back to saying that everything is working in my favor, everything is unfolding. I also, in my relationship with the divine, I say, do I believe that the divine is bigger and more powerful than any situation that I'm facing, no matter what? The only answer I come back to is yes, because how could anything else be true? This divine energy, this presence, whatever we call it, that has created universes and galaxies and worlds, how could anything that I am facing be bigger than that presence? So the more that we come into divine alignment, we draw on that energy that has created worlds, and we can begin to direct Uh, in partnership, the kinds of experiences that we want from deliberateness. This is where I like to play. And that that partnership that you were talking about is so important and to realize that, yes, when we start to talk about that type of divine energy, there's nothing here on the face of this earth (laughs) that 
is going to outpower that. Um, you had mentioned things about your soul self. You allow your soul self to lead. And, and I like this because when we know our soul self, and here's where some of the challenges people hit, is they hit those walls where it's like, yeah, but if I go fully into my soul self, then things are out of balance. Yes and no, in a sense, because on one hand, your soul self, for example, might say, you don't need food, <laughs> and your human self is going, yes, I need food. <laughs> you know? um, well, that's because your human self doesn't know how to, to vibrate from your soul self quite yet, and yes, it is possible, but on the other hand, when we understand our soul self, our soul self is never going to totally extinguish that human self, let's say, because it understands the value. It understands that's the vehicle you're driving, and that's a valuable piece to to everything um, in there. So when we allow it to lead and we really understand that soul self piece, then we're always going to get to that harmony or that balance because that's the way the soul self functions. But when we find ourselves, in the, and you mentioned the attachments, when we find ourselves on those attachments, um, that's a really, really good sign that we are letting our human self lead instead yeah. of our soul self because only our human self has those attachments. And we, and we need the human part. The way that I tend to think of it is soul, soul leads, head, head follows. So um, our human self handles the practical functioning and application of life. We need that because otherwise we would be, you know, floating out there. So it's the balance. So let the soul, the inspiration guide, and then our humanity brings that into form in the physical plane. That's the partnership. When we're in that balance, it's not about trying to be in control. It's really using our minds as a tool to bring the visions, the dreams, the desires of the soul into physical form. We need both, and we can use both. It's a shift of positions is the way that I see it. You know, it's just like if I was getting into a plane with God, I, I, I wouldn't say to God, do you mind being the co-pilot? And yet I still have a function um, as, as his, her co-pilot. And then there may be times when God wants to take a little nap and I'll take over. So I really see it as kind of going back and forth. But definitely we need both aspects of ourselves because we're negotiating a physical plane. So both have value. And in partnership, that's when we really tap into authentic power. And we can be playful about it. It, very much, and I and and that is a good key because I think people get overly serious about these things. They um, they get very wrapped up in their heads. They it's like they just refuse to play. They refuse to have fun. So maybe you can share with us some of those aspects of how do you have fun? You know, because all these things that we're talking about are part of divine alliance. You know, as you say, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a partnership in that. And yeah. um, 
it, it's not either or, it's a partnership and it's acknowledging the assets that each brings to the table. I so definitely have still enough. have to play a little bit more myself. Um, you know. Uh one of you know, one of the greatest gifts in my life and I know that you know this is I have two cats. And and they are so lighthearted and funny, they really help me to laugh a lot. And I think about at times what are the things that bring me joy, what are the things that I love to do because I don't want to make play another job. <laughs> I don't want to make it hard where it feels like I'm working to have more fun. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I like to think about what are the things that make me smile? What are the um, things that make me giggle with delight? And they can be simple things. And for each person, it's going to be different, the things that bring you delight. I have definitely said to clients in the past who've been really, really serious, who have looked at me almost as if I have asked them to do something um, uh, very distasteful. You mean I have to play? (laughs) And they don't remember how? (laughs) I say to them, go and watch kids. Get on the floor and walk around, you know. Look at life from a different perspective. Um, agree to or ask to babysit somebody else's child and watch how they look at the world and see if that reminds you of some of the innocence and the playfulness. Um, Get up and dance. There are so many ways that we can tap into that lightheartedness. I find myself not wanting to make it hard to do, but just let it be easy. One of one of the other things that I'm I'm being prompted to mention is on my website uh in one of the free gift offers that I have made available I added an 8 minute laughter recording that I did with a friend of mine during a brainstorming conversation and we started howling, just howling. You know, the kind of laughter where you've got tears running down your eyes, where you're gasping for breath, where you feel like you're going to pee because you're laughing so hard. Those were the kinds of of uh, laughing memories I had with my mother who had just the most beautiful sense of humor. And we would just roll on the floor howling, you know, to the extent that one of us had to leave the room. They're some of my best memories. So laughter is a wonderful way to connect you to a sense of joy, joy in that childlike part of yourself. So pull out a favorite movie that you think is funny. Go on YouTube and start Googling some. There's some hilarious things there. And, and have that handy on those days when you've gotten way too serious and you catch yourself being too serious. Have some of those things that lighten up your life Make plans with people so that you have something to look forward to. We sometimes need to take charge of creating. Maybe it's a list of things or a file of things or something that you can reach your hand towards easily because a lot of times when we're in those moments where we need kind of a an interruption in the pattern that we're creating, our mind goes blank. We can't think of anything. So if you 
know that about yourself, then create some, I, I don't want to call it a strategy, but maybe, you know, maybe it is a strategy of things that you can reach for that will bring you back to that lightheartedness. The divine loves to laugh. The divine likes the lightheartedness. And that's one of the ways that we reconnect into, back into that divine alliance is becoming lighthearted. And I think that people forget to just be silly sometimes, to just, yes. you know, as you talk about this lightheartedness, we get this heavy programming that, hey, you're an adult, you can't do silly things anymore, you can't make funny faces. And I remember through some of my intense times, I would just like, walk into the bathroom mirror and I would start making all kinds of funny faces <laughs> like I did when I was a child at myself. Uh-huh. That's and great. I couldn't help but, you know, laugh. And and even if you say are in one of those really tough periods and I think you can't you don't feel like you can pull that laughter out of you. Um, doing something like literally smelling the roses. And go into a flower shop and stick a rose in your nose or something and <laughs> and really, really take it in and smell it all the way. You know, yeah. take that big inhale, you know, all the way through it because yeah. it sh- shifts you into the pleasure state. Now, maybe if you're allergic to roses, that wouldn't be so good, <laughs> but you know, thinking of those things that really bring the uh, more lasting things, because the things that do make us laugh, the things that do bring up that energy, are the things we don't forget about. You know, like yourself, you can leave the house and you can leave your cats, and you still have this memory of this play with them that you can draw on. And so I think sometimes just reflecting back even a little bit, saying, well, when have I laughed really hard? What was I doing? What, was it just about being silly? Was it this connection with this friend? Oh, okay, well, who do I have that's like that in my life now? Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, how can I recreate that? But, yeah, I think we do get overly locked into this heavy adult thing. <laughs> do you want to say? Responsible. We have to be responsible. And what does that mean? Who said, whose rules are those that said when we get older, when we become adults, that we have to be responsible, whatever that means. It has such a heaviness to it at times. It's a a difference between um, taking responsibility for how you show up and, and, and how we look at responsibilities in terms of, uh, paying bills and taking care of other people, and it becomes very complicated. And I think that it's up to us to decide whether we want to bring lightheartedness into our life, whether we want to change some of those that way of thinking that we have to act a certain way. I have this one uh, one uh, photo. Um, or rather, it's a um, it's a, 
a post and it says I will never be an old woman. And I and I will never be an old woman. I I don't think like that. I don't uh dress like that. And it's it really is a decision that we can decide at any given time how we navigate our lives. We can be lighthearted, we can be intense, we can be dramatic, we can do any of that. There's nothing wrong with showing up in any of those ways because they're all experiences. I think that the more that we find and choose happiness and joy, especially in the most difficult situations, they bring us closer to the divine. And I imagine that there are times if if I looked at myself through the eyes of the divine, especially during those periods, I would feel great compassion and great appreciation for the learning and the and the breakthroughs that can come from that. And and then there are those moments when I know that I have been in great resistance and great struggle and I imagine this presence is just saying, Would you look at her? She's really being thorough in this experience. She is not giving up, God bless her. So devoted <laughs> she is to get this piece. <laughs> That's kind of my message. Just watch her. She's just off and running and and, and just <laughs> admiring the drama that I am creating. That's my sense, just appreciating the extent that I am willing to go in order to not give in <laughs> until, until I finally do. And that's when that presence swoops in and carries me. So I think that part of my goal is to not have to take it quite that far and to move into that space of divine alignment a lot faster. And the more that I have, I have come to and the more that we all have experiences of seeing that things really do work out in our favor, even if it's different than we think, when we can look at for the blessings, when we can look at those nuggets and we realize that there's a purpose to everything, to really embody that from a place of knowing, not a, I hope that's true and I... You know, everybody says this, so it must be true. To really understand that at the deepest level, then we can, then our relationship with God goes goes deeper. And I believe that that God is yearning for us, as we are yearning for this connection. And the more that we prioritize being and creating space for stillness, and and talking to God as if God is our best friend. Uh, you know, I remember. I was walking one morning. I was walking one morning, and I invited God to go with me, as if you know God wasn't going with me, which is really pretty funny. And I, I, I really started thinking about what is it that I want God to be for me? Because even though I come from a Jewish background, I don't have any religious. Um, indoctrination. I didn't grow up with any kind of training with that. I've always been on the outside of that. So my experience with God was pretty much of a blank slate. And I thought about who do I want God to be for me? Because I, we all get to decide what kind of a relationship that we want. And that may sound strange to a lot of people. You mean I can, I can call God to be however and whoever I want God to be? Yes, you really can. So I 
decided that, number one, I wanted God to be my business partner to really guide me in my business because, who, I mean, who wouldn't want God as your business partner, right? I also decided that there were times when I, I, I needed some guidance and I needed some help, so I asked God to also be my guide, and I asked God to be my best friend. And I thought about what are the qualities of my best friend, what would be important for me. And I, on my walk, I told God what those qualities are. And I went through a period where I was in a lot of pain, it's something that I wrote about in Embraced by the Divine where I contemplated getting the hell out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. And for anybody who has been on a path, anybody who is a light worker or whatever, we go into these dark places. Not that we have a plan, but we go there. And those are some of the very intense dark nights of the soul. And I remember saying to God, I, I can't live like this anymore. I was in so much pain. And I touched into a level of rage with God and some of the lineage that I was unaware of, and I was on my knees, and I was literally sobbing, and I was screaming, why have you forsaken me? And I just let it loose, all the rage, all the anger, I hate you. And, and after that, I remember saying to God, if things don't get better, I don't want to be here, and you better start showing up because you and I are not okay. We are not okay, and you are not my friend. I had to go there because all of that was inside of me, and my verbalizing it was not news to God. It was, it was an area that was keeping me in separation. I could not be in close relationship with God while I was carrying all of this rage. My jaw was cracking at the time. I was feeling horrible. And then there was this shift after I realized I, it's not my time to leave. And I said, I said to God, I'm not going. <laughs> so you better get your crap together and start meeting me because I'm not going. I said, I have worked really hard to get here, and I'm not going to go so easily. <laughs> I, could, I, I could sense this laughter. And it brought, it brought me closer to God. It really did because I was able to tell the truth of what I had been carrying and maybe even did some clearing, you know, with the collective. And I have never felt that level of separation with God since then it was a very powerful period it was a very um a very hard period and yet it has strengthened me in incredible ways that has brought me closer to God which was what I wanted and that was my pathway it could not have been any other way i wrote about that in embraced by the divine and i i really made a choice as to whether i wanted to share that because that felt very, very vulnerable, and I realize that there are a lot of people who have been brought to that brink, who have brought themselves to that brink, have contemplated leaving, and then made a decision to stay. Sometimes you have to contemplate dying in order to choose to live, so it's very profound for me. 
I don't know if I ever told you that. (laughs) It it is true that uh, people hit these spaces, and I think we do go through these experiences in life. A lot of people that I know of, anyways, have gone through various experiences in their life where they they get to that place of feeling forsaken. They get to that place of feeling empty, not realizing they're the ones that are keeping the separation in place. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's a hard thing. But as you say, it's not so much uh, in these spaces. In these spaces, it comes out into blaming because we're still looking outside of ourselves in those spaces and yet we have to acknowledge that we do have all that rage that we are feeling that way and there's nothing wrong with acknowledging this is how I feel this is this is what's going on and you know that that is huge um it's 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 absolutely absolutely huge and and it's not easy to go through that space of vulnerability and that's what we often call the the dark night of the soul in many ways um or one aspect of it uh, yeah. for certain in there so there can be these huge huge intense experiences in these processes now that's not to scare anybody off i would say but it's to help people realize that it's okay to acknowledge you're at this point. Um, maybe you are at that breaking point. Maybe you are feeling this way. And um, but there's options out there. You know, certainly a lot more than there were 30 years ago in those bookstores, right? Um, I use my team. I, I definitely didn't, you know, white knuckle and go through this myself. I called on my my uh, my team of coaches and healers. You know, when we hit some of these places, we need help. And it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength of realizing that sometimes we're just too close to things and we need the support um, on the, in, in this physical realm in order to to stabilize and steady ourselves when we get that raw. And I went right to my circle. And they didn't try to cheer me up. They didn't try to uh, take away what my experience was. Uh, one of my friends said, if you truly feel that it's, that it's time for you to go, it's okay. And another one of my friends just, they held, they held me in love. Another one of my friends said, you know you're going to get through this. And I said, I don't know anything. I was, I was very obstinate. I don't know anything at this moment. And, you know, she, God, you know, she just loved me there. They loved, they loved me there. If they sensed I was in true danger to myself, their response would have been different. But they trusted me to find my way. They held that space. And they also, I'm very blessed to have some very talented healers um, and uh, coaches and energy workers in my sphere, and I use them because I needed some additional help. Even though I'm very powerful on my own, 
I don't always want to facilitate myself. I want to be able to to um, to immerse myself in a situation so that I can go really deep. And that's something smart that we as light workers and healers need to remember that there are times when we need to get help, we need to reach out and get some of that support so we can get out of the way and go where we need to go. I'm really glad that you brought that up on the caller range because too many times people think, oh, I'm on my path, I'm, you know, this spiritual guru or whatever, and I'm not supposed to be seeking help now that I'm on this path. And, you know, no matter who you are, I don't care if you're Deepak Chopra, I don't care who you are, there are times that you need to go to people that won't judge you and sit in that group of energy. There are times you need to draw on your resources um, and, and draw on those people who can be there. And if you just need them to listen, listen. You tell them that, you know, I just need somebody to listen right now or I, I don't understand what I'm going through. I need some insight. Can you give me any insight? And, and I think sometimes for people the hardest piece is that they're just afraid to ask. Or the difficulty is receiving. I know of a number of people who are leaders that that one might think they have it all together. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> Don't kid yourself. We all have circles because we are still humans, and stuff still comes up, and we're we're all going deeper. And even if we're out there and considered to be experts or leaders, we are, we are, we're still on our own journey. And to not allow yourself to be supported, I think, is arrogant. I didn't know I was going to say that. I think it's arrogant. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's also a way that we cut ourselves off from love. We cut ourselves off from that divine alliance and connection yeah. when we refuse to open up to that loving energy from other people. And, yeah. you know, it, it's amazing because even you've known me as I've been unfolding the work in code and code alignment, and as much as that can make our life easier in a lot of ways, uh, at the same time, it doesn't mean that we are 100% void of challenges. Even when you get completely wise, when you understand flow and cycles, there are going to be times when you're still going to go through challenges no matter how evolved you are along the way or how yeah. wise you are along the way. It's like it is not going to be summer 100% of the time. Even here in Southern California, it might not snow <laughs> here in Long Beach, but that doesn't mean that they don't experience a winter. The yeah. seasons are going to shift and change. The temperatures are going to shift and change. And that's going to happen whether we like it or not. You're going to have 
summer, spring, winter, fall, every single year. And if you don't like one of those seasons, it's going to be challenging. Simple as that. You know, I also want to add, because this is something I love to mention. Those of you who are listening, if you have a phrase, I thought I was done with that, I invite you to write that down on a piece of paper and burn it because it's, it is going to put you in a box. And it is such a trap because we are continually, as Jesse is, is, is building on what we've been talking about, we are in a process of continually unbecoming, unlearning all the stuff that we have thought was true. So when you approach it from that perspective and realize that things will continually be revealed. And the way that I kind of look at things is in the form of a metaphor. Imagine that during the course of your life, the things that you have come to believe through your experiences have been layered one on top of another. And and if it could take a physical form, it might take a form like a structure or a building. And as we continue to unravel and to let go and to transform those things about ourselves that we've been holding on to as they are no longer serving us and we we lighten up, so to speak, it could be like the top floors, uh, a few windows, a couple of doors, And yet there can still be pieces even beneath the surface in the foundation that still has some meaning for you. So as a piece comes up that may be that may appear to be the same theme, it might be a sub topic to it. And even understanding what I'm saying is irrelevant. I just look at it as, oh, here's something else that is ready to be revealed, felt if I need to, and then to be released. And I don't give it any more energy than that. I don't need to understand it. I don't need to judge it and say, God, I thought I was done with that. When am I going to get done? Believe me, I have said that. But all that does (laughs) is just create more misery and suffering, and I don't want to do that anymore. So I just decide, okay, um, still still some gifts in this for me, or it may just be it's coming up for me to say thank you and then to release it. I don't struggle with it anymore. And if I do find myself struggling, I'm surrounded by people who will say, Lorraine, when are you going to get done with that? <laughs> and I trust them. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> Always coming to my A to just remind me oh, I don't have to do that anymore, and come back to the truth. When I find myself in that struggle, I know I just left the building. I just left God. God doesn't leave. We do. So I have to go. I go back to source for the truth. Yeah, and it, and it's a big piece, and I think that sometimes as we are willing to to do the letting go, the unraveling, the different pieces that you've been talking about along the way and, you know, realizing, oh, yeah, I'm not having to do this pattern anymore. That's just not valid. I don't need it. Um, We unfold some of our greatest works. And while, you know, we've got 
you know, I have tons and tons of time. We do still have some time left here. And one of the great things that I've seen you unravel in this process is not a piece of somebody else's work, but your own work. And it's also something mm-hmm. I've found with codes is in these processes I unraveled and found my own piece of the divine. And that's an amazing space for you. You've unraveled this higher realm healing work that you do. And I would love for you to share a little bit of what that's about and what you're doing with that. Oh, thank you. Um, This is, it's it's probably... um, one of the most humbling it is and and because of your request for support you really helped me to see that what i had called forth this is ancient energy from my understanding it is the really energy that i channeled during ancient times and when i became aware of the fact that um during some uh past times that i was a very powerful healer i I put out a request to the universe to begin to tap into that energy and bring it forward now. And I I noticed when I started working with some of the higher realms, the angels, archangels, uh, ascended masters, and beyond, uh, every Friday on Facebook, I, I pick out a geometric shape that I love and I stream energy um, divine love energy into the photo and I posted on Facebook and I realized quite some time ago that the energy was starting to feel different but I, I didn't I didn't put two and two together as to the shift that was happening I just knew that it felt really really bumped up and as I have continued to grow and evolve within myself we know that when you start to raise your consciousness even more you're able to tap into energy at a higher level so uh, several months ago, um, I was asked, is it okay if I, well, I already mentioned you, right? So I can just reference you for a second. <laughs> I do that because I already did. Reference um, away. <laughs> okay. Well, it's on my website, so it's not a secret. <laughs> so you you had you had come to me and, and made a request for me to send some healing, which was not something that you typically do. And I was guided to lie down and put my focus uh, and and send energy to you. And I started getting bits and pieces to stream it like a time release. Just the thought popped into my head. I had no idea about this. And when I first laid down and put my attention on you, the energy that came through me was like nothing I had ever felt before. I literally felt it in every cell in my body as if a switch was turned on and I was buzzing like I had never felt it before. It's hard to describe what the energy feels like. It it, it, it feels so incredibly alive. And I felt that energy streaming through me. I mean, I, I've had times when I have tapped in and I, I feel a sense of expansion when I connect with the divine. This was very different. So it streamed for about 20 minutes, and then I I remember you said to me hours later, because you felt immediate relief, and you said, what do you call that? And I didn't know what you were talking about. I I didn't have a name for it. So now 40-some-odd sessions later of working with this energy and getting a sense of 
the fact that it literally can support people who are experiencing physical ailments because it's intelligent. It it has its own consciousness. And what I do is I connect with the person. We have a conversation to find out what it is that's going on. It might be a physical ailment. It might be uh, some support emotionally. It could be something uh, spiritually aligned. It could be anything that they want the higher realms healing energy to help them through. And so it streams for eight solid hours. That's my understanding of how we have it set up. And then it will ebb and flow for eight days coming in waves in which the person can actually have the intention of drawing more of the intensity of that energy as they need it. And then I left it open-ended for that energy to be available for them uh, to continue to support them in working with that issue for as long as they need to make the shift. And I don't I don't know what it looks like. I don't I don't know what it feels like because I, I trust that the energy is intelligent. Now I, I will also tell you that every person's experience has been different. Many people have reported when they've come to me for a physical ailment like a very close friend of mine who was experiencing horrible back spasms. She had just gotten back from a trip and she'd been sitting at an angle with a, a a um uh god what do you call that a um i can't think of the word you know what you ride waves on i can't think of the word a something board it's weird uh, she was on an angle and she was in absolute pain so she called me and within a couple of hours she had fallen asleep she could barely walk she got up the following day with no pain another friend of mine had been uh, flat on her back for almost a month with a flu and then a secondary sinus infection, had closed her office, couldn't work at all, had a terrible headache. I streamed the energy to her on a Saturday night at, set at about 1030, and by Monday morning she was back to work feeling great. I don't know how this works. I don't need to know. I just know that it's the most powerful healing energy I have ever experienced, and I can stream it to myself. So it's been humbling it's exciting and and also after this is very cool after the first session because i do it in a session of three or one or two whatever you want but three is really best after the initial session i set the intention that that person is in a bubble of this energy and if there is any of that energy that wants to bubble out at all that it will stream to the people in their sphere so that they can take advantage and benefit from the love of that energy for their own highest good. So I really I really yeah. love doing that. And I also understand that I that this energy has a much greater capacity than I realize and, and the more that I work with it the more I understand what it's capable of doing. So while you and I are talking I have no doubt that it's streaming in some way. <laughs> it 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 is definitely is, and I have not seen anything like it. And so, you know, anybody who is experiencing a, like a physical pain, and it's interesting because even though on one hand there can be processes that go with that, on another hand there are things that happen in life. I, I know from codes we go through periods, or sometimes we get aligned with those funky, um, strange accident codes and things happen, and um, 
I'll tell you, I've been to a lot of healers in my life or people doing different modalities and, and tried different things along the way and have never, ever experienced anything like this. Um, what Lorraine is referring to is I had a shoulder injury that just I woke up with, literally woke up with one night uh, or one morning, and it was not going away after two weeks, and she streamed the energy. It came right through to me. I had another incident where I had about an 85-pound metal cart come down and crush the entire bones on the top of my foot and the inside of my ankle and the lower part of my leg. And it was a cart I couldn't even lift off of myself. I managed through mind over matter to to get my foot out. Um, But this is like a six-foot-high cart that came crashing down on me. And I immediately got out my phone, texted her, and said, the bones of my foot are crushed, do something. (laughs) And, um, you know, it kept me from having to probably have some sort of who knows what done, a cast or surgery or whatever else um, from doing it. And uh, those that know me know I don't care for doctors a whole lot. So um, it's a real godsend, and this is just an example of what happens when you do align into that divine alliance. This is where we find our gifts. So as we started off with at the beginning of the show, you have to do the work on yourself first. You have to find that alignment first, and then these things will really open up in the process of that. Lorraine, we're, we're just winding right on down here, I want people to know what you have going on because you have some really cool things going on. You have a really cool circle thing that you've got going. Share with them how to reach you, what you've got going on, how to get through your website, where to find this amazing work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Um, And, you know, the one thing that I want to say to you is I'm so grateful you for reaching out to me so that I could really get a sense of what I was tapping into, not just from the, the incredible support it provides. It, it really will address uh, anything, spiritual, emotional, uh, physical, and so it's, it's been very awe-inspiring. So part of my journey, I am really feeling uh, missing working with groups, something that I have always wanted to do and I find that the group dynamics are so incredible, but uh, what we're able to do when we come together united. So I'm starting a group called Heart Connections, and it's for uh, light workers, way showers, uh, change agents, whatever you want to call yourself. Those of you who have been on a journey for a period of time, people are calling to bring more love into the world, really bring your services and your gifts out in a bigger way more boldly, and you are missing the connection of having uh, the support of soul sisters, uh, soul brothers, to to be in a space where you can get that kind of support, to get into some conversations, to some inner work with me on some call. So I'm starting a group hopefully in the next several weeks um, where we come together for 90 minutes this month. I'm handing the people who are in this group, so it really is uh, people who are committed to this journey and um, are of a higher vibration, uh, and that's 
also if you go on my website and that is lorainecohen.com that's www.lorainecohen.com you'll notice right on the front page I actually have a reference to the heart group starting it's about the middle of the page if you click on that link you'll be taken to the page to find out more about what the group is about it is um, I- I'm so excited about this I've been wanting to do this for the longest time and the response has been so wonderful I'm I'm really feeling that this is filling a need for a lot of people who have been feeling isolated or if you've been on telesummits before and you've been on a lot of these virtual um, uh, types of uh, experiences that don't always allow for the personal connection. I think that's what we're craving more is that personal connection. And it's also an opportunity to start to maybe build some friendships, some collaborations. I'm also going to be creating a Facebook group so that uh, conversations can continue being called. So I'm really excited about this. So if this calls to you at any time, it's going to be an ongoing group. Uh, please go ahead and visit it on my website. There is a questionnaire for you to fill out, and then we will chat. And if you're a good fit, it's be my pleasure to welcome you into the group. I'm also doing one other thing that I'm, I've just just launched. I haven't really put a whole lot of, of um, information out in terms of letting people know, and that is if, if you want to dive deep into a particular issue, I have a three-month, what I'm calling a sacred immersion experience with me where you'll have some real one time with me over a period of three months to go very deep on something that you really want to move. And it's a combination of all of the the gifts that I offer, coaching, some of the higher light, um, the higher realms channeling, uh, three sessions of working with this healing energy, and some uh, personal healing work with me. The higher realm healing is all done remote, uh, so there's a healing session where you and I will be working one-on-one to uh, clear something. It may even be in the form of a regression, so if you're at a point where you really want to dive deep in something and you resonate with my energies, then find that on the coaching page, the One Love Coaching page. There's information on that. And it would be my pleasure to support any of you listening uh, in any way that I can to start to start living the kind of life that you're wanting, that you're being called to. So check it out. Um, also go on my website. There are some free gifts um, that I think are wonderful, and I think that you would love them. So take advantage and join me. Wonderful. And it will really, again, just to reiterate with people, this personal connection space is so important, doing things live giving it that, that full attention in there is really, really important. And this is this is where we get the big transformations. We get so used to all the technology stuff, but it's, it's this personal interaction that creates those, those big transformations that we're often looking for or trying to implement into our lives. And Lorraine, it's been so great to have you on our show. And I I know I'm just down to the last couple of minutes here and have some things to squeeze in. Any final closing thoughts that you want to leave everybody with? One of my favorite quotes that I come back to over and over again is is, is when 
come to the edge of all the light there is, and we must step into the darkness of the unknown, we must remember one of two things. Either we will find something firm to stand on, or we will be taught to fly. Wherever you are in your journey right now is brilliant, whether you like it or not. And the more that you hold strong in that space that, as we've said so many times, that everything is working in your favor, use this as an opportunity to deepen that connection with the divine to move into that sacred divine alliance, and that's where you'll find the miracles. Trust yourself to go there and be smart enough to know when you need help to go and get it. Thank you so much for having me on the call today, Jesse. As always, it has been a pleasure and a joy sharing this space with you, and I've always learned something, so thank you. (laughs) And and truly, truly a pleasure. And if, by the way, any part of the end part here gets cut off for anybody, you will be able to catch it in our archive um, just to let you know. So I'm giving you that heads up because sometimes when the time runs out, it runs out and they just cut us off here. Um, thank you again so much, Lorraine. It's, it's been a real pleasure. And I thank do want to mention to everybody that next week I'm going to be doing take two <laughs> of my show on dreams and codes and uh, looking at the codes of common dreams that we have and those messages and what they're all about, which is going to be a lot of fun. Those that know I tried to do that a couple of weeks back and ran into a little glitch with the space I was using, and um, their Internet didn't seem to hold, and they didn't have phone reception in the building, and (laughs) just some minor little details that are really valuable for running the show. So we're going to be trying that show again. next week here on the Code Connection, so you can join us for that and catch it. It'll be really, really great. Don't forget that um, you can get the international bestseller that I am a collaborator on, which is called, and that Lorraine is also a collaborator on, Embraced by the Divine, the Emerging Woman's Gateway to Power, Passion, and Purpose. You can find that at embracedbythedivine.com. And by the way, my June special, if you purchase a copy of Embraced by the Divine, and um, it doesn't matter. I don't care whether you get it as an ebook or as a, you know, as a paperback. Just send me a receipt to show that you purchased it. You can do that by email, and I will send you absolutely free um, my ebooks on activating compassion. It's companion workbook, so it's a great deal. Right now, you buy the one book, you're going to get three books, and it's all amazing stuff. If you're ready to do some work on yourself, you're going to love it. You can uh, also check out all of my work from working with codes to monthly video tips. I just placed up a new video tip and archived shows, interviews that others have done on me, my books, my you know, everything is on my website. And by the way, the new website is www.compassioncodes.com. If you happen to use the old website by mistake, it's okay. It's going to forward right on through. Don't forget, we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe. Tuesdays is Susan Weed, who shares her work in herbs and natural plants. Wednesday nights is considered our flagship show, and that's done with Daniel and Janice. Uh, Sometimes they're doing readings. Sometimes they're honoring the turning of the seasons. They do all kinds of different things. Janice has her own show called Reflections and Rhythms. Sometimes we also have Darren Dutere popping his head in from Madame Mouveau in New Orleans, and uh, he shares his work in Spiritual Insights, which is really fun. And, of course, 
on Friday is the Code Connection. Hey, this is Jesse on Nichols, George, and I'm so glad you joined me here today. And thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk Radio, but those that are streaming live on 10 known as Pair Encounters Network, Stream Finder, and Talk Stream Live, and those catching our podcast at iTunes, TuneIn.com, and those catching the YouTube version of the show. Don't forget that if you've enjoyed the show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archive. And the song I'm leaving you with today is called Yearning For. It's also known as Over and Over. It's by Shemshai. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on the Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind. And to touch what seems unreal Just to show you the way that I feel And we are in time with time One with season of change inside And we are in tune with the tune Caught in a balance of sun and moon Be received, and we see in eye to eye, 
Your spirit, your heart 